This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 101 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben, and Gary is with me. As a, how are you getting on, mate? Yeah, let's crack on. I've got Watch Dogs Legion to play, and I want to be talking to you. <laughs> I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you. Podcast that was episode 101 of the Stacey West podcast. <laughs> podcast 101, which, you know, it, it doesn't quite have the same ring as the 100th episode, but um, we're still going to make it a bit special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just as a, you know, to start things off, just want to say, you know, thank you to everybody who tuned in uh, live for, for Podcast 100. I think it was it was a success beyond what we thought it was going to be. Um, I think, you know, before we all started, it was said, oh, we'll be well happy if we get, you know, 50 listeners or 50 viewers live. And I think it, it was more or less constantly over 100 um, across YouTube and Facebook, which was uh beyond what i think we expected so um one, yeah 150 we topped out at. it was i don't know if you could see the number in the top corner um i don't no. know if that's just something i could have um but it, it was consistently around the 150 mark and even when we were doing the rubbish bit at the end that we think nobody listens to it was staying at 130 so that was quite nice yeah um i think download wise um 634 so you know 150 listening live 634 thus far um which is more than episode 99 and 98 97 was higher but it had a liverpool in the title so that might be uh, a reason <laughs> get that for seo that. dollar yeah exactly and if i just have a quick look um, i'm doing now uh what ben does when he's talking about players i'm quickly looking on the internet um <laughs> <laughs> uh but we got uh, it's got 464 views on youtube as well so we've you know a reach of well over a thousand it's not bad not bad at all so thank you to everybody um who voted as well except the person that voted for pat kanyuka i'm not thanking you <laughs> but uh yeah i mean as i say you know I, I said on social media afterwards sort of had a time to a little bit of time to breathe it was it was actually quite humbling to see a lot of the comments coming in afterwards and uh, you know people saying that um listening to me and you 
chat bollocks about Lincoln City as part of their match day routine, which I I didn't think I'd be any part you know part of anybody's match day routine apart from mine and maybe my wife's. It I was, don't think uh, you're a part of Rachel's, are you? No, probably not. I mean, you know, we usually have an argument on the way into the ground, but other than that, it's uh, it's not too bad. But no, it genuinely meant a lot for people to get involved, and um, there has been some some weirdness afterwards, which uh, I've spoken to Gaz about, which I, I never thought I'd see the day that I asked a, Link, a Lincoln City player asking me to sign something for them, which was a bit strange. But yeah, that's that's another story for another time, because. We are going to talk about crew. Um, uh, what a first half. <laughs> I, I can't remember a, a first half display that was quite as as dominant and as, uh, well, it, it was it was just something else, wasn't it? When, you know, from from minute one to minute 45, um there was only ever going to be one team that took anything from that half. Um, and then, you know, second half obviously changed the game a little bit, but I still think, I, I don't really think there was any moment where I felt like we would concede. Um, it's they, I think the lads started to look a little bit leggy towards the end. Um, maybe a substitution probably could have been in order. I'm not sure why, you know, one didn't get made, but um, just absolutely pummeled crew from pillar to post and the only thing that that was missing was just a you know an absolute glut of goals wasn't it yeah i mean first of all on the substitution um talk michael did say in his post-match press conference i believe that he didn't think we were likely to concede a goal unless it was a ricochet or a bounce and they were in the rhythm and so he didn't want to take players off and um you know i can kind of see that i think as an attacking force we were probably spent on 70, 75 minutes. You know me, I always look for the cloud when there's plenty of silver lining and vice versa. I think those (laughs) last 15 minutes or so probably gave us an indication of what it might be like when we do come up against a team that likes to lump it long in our division. Mm -hmm. I think when you look at um, the teams that we've played, they nearly all play football on the floor and that really suits us. Very, very rare for a Lincoln City team to talk this way. I mean, I, I apart from kind of 2006-07, I can't ever remember us having a reputation as being a passing side. No. You know, even even Danny's sides were, were quite direct, even when we came into the Football League and spent money. So um, it was nice to see that. I mean, it was you know, the first half was phenomenal to watch. Um, we could have had plenty more goals. I think the XG, and I know Jack Mulhall will currently be, be cursing me um, <laughs> listening to this. But I think the XG suggested that we should have been 2-0 up at halftime and should perhaps have won the game 3-0. Mm. That's loose with the um, with the numbers. Um, I didn't see Monsma's shot, thanks to I don't follow, as I now call them. Um, mm. But it was a, you know, I've watched back on the highlights. It was a cracker. Uh, Tom Hopper got criticism for his header. I actually think he's done everything right except hit the target. And again, there'll be somebody somewhere laughing at me saying, Gary, you prick, he's just got to hit the target. Um, but if you look at the header, he's headed it down, mm. which is exactly what you're told to do. He's headed it as far away from the keeper as he can. Um, and it's just struck the base of the post. And I've really felt for Tom because I do think when Tom gets a goal, he will get a couple of goals. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the case for James Jones as well, who I thought was excellent again in the first half. Um, but Harry's goal was great. Mm. You know, um, 
that finish isn't unusual for Harry, and I'm hoping uh, people who watch Match Day Live, I'm hoping to pick up on something on Match Day Live. I'm hoping that they've got some footage from a season or two ago uh, that picks something up. So I won't go into it too much, but I think we've seen with Harry what he can do over the last 178, nine games or wherever he's played now. Um, where, you know, there was an argument as to who was man of the match. I know Monsma's getting a lot of plaudits. I actually thought Harry was utterly superb throughout. Yep. Um and then we just, you know, came out in the second half. I don't think we ran out of steam. I think David Artel um, manages managed to put some boots through some arses at half time. Crew came out and started actually trying to win the game. Um, I still think we were the better side in the first ten minutes. I think we had a, a you know a golden opportunity. I don't know how it didn't go in when uh, I think it was Brennan Johnson's shot that the keeper saved and and the hops has come in and. You thought it was going in. It looked like it was going in. Rob Makepeace was um, you know, getting animated. Had that gone in, I think we'd probably win the game 3-4-0 yeah. uh, at 2-0. It didn't. They brought the change. They made the changes. And, and from there, it was you know, not backs against the wall, but we had some defending to do. But we've said it, Ben, time and again. We do the ugly stuff just as well as we do the nice stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that the um, you know what you've said about Harry, I think, is is absolutely spot on. He just he he continues to prove that you know he is he's the quality that I think we all expected from him. Um, and um, just a note on on James Jones. Uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking to somebody the other week saying about James Jones and and they said, you know, he's, he's the kind of player that will be, um, I, th- I think, you know, the kind of player that you, you say will be, you know, seven or an eight every week. He's sort of just, he's that player that is there. And, you know, he's the, the type of uh, midfielder that you miss when he isn't in the side um, or you will miss when he's not in the side, sorry, because he, he just has that presence about him. And, you know, he, he always seems to be in and around it when, something is happening um and he's just uh yeah I, he he had a great game on tuesday night i thought as well um but yeah i think I, harry for me was was man of the match i think he uh you know he ran his socks off again um and he's just he's catching up uh have you seen on the social media the um the, the little mini competition he's now got with uh with george grant to see who can get the most man of the match awards I have, yeah. That's official Man of the Match awards, of course, not Stacey West Man of the Match awards, because sadly Harry has only got one at the moment compared to George Grant's three on the Stacey West. So, but um, you know that that's great competition um, for the for the lads to have, and Harry is probably the second name on the team sheet after George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at some of the other players that that starred against Crew, you know Brennan Johnson, it's frightening. You've got Hops there playing through the centre. If, if if we would need to put George Grant back out wide, where, where does Brennan go? Because Brennan's got to play. I mean, I did the stats article today, yesterday, as you're probably listening to this, and he makes seven dribbles a game, which is almost twice as many as everybody else. He terrifies defenders. Um, it, it, it's frightening. It, it's really frightening, the um, potential we have in the side. And we still haven't reached it yet. You know, we should have been three, four, five up against Crew. We played better against Crew this time than we did the week, the year that I went. We won four-one. Um, we were infinitely better. And it, my fear for the twenty-three other teams in League One is that when it clicks, it stays clicked. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's 
because at the minute we are coming out with results where sometimes we've had to work for them. Sometimes they've been a little fortunate. I think, you know, we were the better side against Plymouth, but we got the run at rubber the green with the penalty, um, which kind of set the game off the same against Ipswich. I think that could easily have been a nil nil bar the penalty crew. You know, we, we were a little wasteful in front of goal, let's say, but if that does click and those players start taking the chances, you know, and we, as we should have been, 4 0 up against crew as we should have been. And there was another game where I think we should have had two or three in the first half, probably Bristol Rovers, maybe. I'm not sure. Can't remember now. I think so, yeah. If we start putting those goals away, Jesus, do you know what I mean? Maybe we actually are top six candidates, maybe. And it's, you know, I don't want to get carried away. Mm. I'm not one to get carried away. I I don't get excited about very much. I'm a rather dour man. Um, But. It's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's the question for me is, you know, when when are a team that will either come to Central Bank or, you know, that, that we that we head away to, when is that team going to be getting a pasting? Because there is, you know, there is definitely something in this side that will absolutely tear apart, um, you know, a side at some point. And it's, it's going to be, it'll be a hell of a game to watch. Um, but I, I think we absolutely have, you know, one, four, five, you know, maybe five nil or, you know, win in us. Cause I don't, at the moment, if I'm brutally honest, and I say this, you know, ahead of a game that's going to come back to bite me on the arse next week, no doubt. I can't really see us conceding at the minute as well. Um, no, we'll you know, concede, we'll concede this weekend. It's got, okay. to, it's got to happen. We've, we've got to concede, but I can't see it happening, but it will happen. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it's. Um, I, I think now you've said it, it'll happen this weekend. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, tempting fate and all that, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it was it was just a, a really impressive um, game to watch. I say, particularly the first half. I, I just it baffles me how we came into half time at nil uh, nil. It was quite funny to watch David Artell pull the uh, the old Danny Cowley trick and have the uh, have a member of the team, you know, go down with in injury in the, in inverted commas. Um, to to crowd round and have a very quick team talk, um, where I think that's probably a few rockets were put up some asses. But uh, um, one thing that we've not actually said we were going to talk about, but we'll briefly touch on, uh, is obviously the FA Cup draw. We were the you know highest ranked team in the hat for the first time ever, I would suggest. Um, and yeah, we've we've drawn the old enemy. Uh, well, relatively new enemy, I guess. Um, Forest Green Rovers. Uh, a few people disappointed with it. it. It made me smile because I just thought, you know, Mark Cooper's not used to 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 this team that we can play. You know, this type of football we can play. And I think, um, you know, you pointed out in the in the piece on the site, it's gonna be a good football match. Um, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. Um, and I think we're looking at three o'clock a week on Saturday, is it? Yeah, well, it's the uh, is it the second of four home games in a row? Something like um, that, yeah. It's Portsmouth on Tuesday, Forest Green a week on Saturday, Gillingham a week on Tuesday, or a fortnight on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so it's Portsmouth Tuesday, the third, Forest Green on the Saturday, Gillingham the following Saturday, and then the Tuesday after that, it's Man City at home in the. Papa John's Trophy, um, Papa John's Trophy, which yep. is the probably the first and last time I'll call it the Papa John's Trophy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah look, I uh, I'm 
don't particularly uh, think it's a bad draw, if I'm honest. Um, they're flying in their division, but we will get to play our game against them. It'll be a chance for Cooperman to see um, us in in kind of good form and playing you know proper football and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, you know, at one point I think in the draw there was Portsmouth, Sunderland, and Ipswich, and us left, and I'm just sat there thinking, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but as it was, we we got Forest Green. I think we were actually the highest ranked team in the uh, FA Cup first round draw in October 1982. Okay. Um, I do know that around the end of October we were four points clear of Bristol Rovers. Um, I think so. It depends when the draw was made, but you know, even if it was a week or two before, so. Uh, but it's still a big thing, yeah, and I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a great test for us. I think the fact it's on our ground means, you know, we'll. it would have been tougher for us to go away somewhere like, um, was it Spennymoor or Skelmersdale or somebody like that was left in it? would have been tougher to go there, you know, on a shit pitch with the ball booted up and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, the it's what it is. The pitch that we would have relished during the back days. Yeah, exactly. The type of pitch that we might even have, relished during um the Danny Cowley days in the in the National League. Do you know what I mean? Um so what you always want in this competition is a lower ranked team at home and that's what we've got. Um so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the cup draw. Good stuff. And uh they're shit houses though, aren't they? Oh God. Somebody somebody actually messaged me on Twitter and said um, you know, why do you hate them so much? And I was like, well, how long have you got? You know, and I, I went through the reasons and I said, ah, the irrational hatred is always the best. I'm like, trust me, it's perfectly rational, yeah. you know, perfectly rational. Manager allegedly ta- attacking fans, releasing their club captain after through serious injury and refusing to support him, um, renaming their stadium the Innocent New Lawn after internet fans voted that they rename it Keith. Uh, the publicity <laughs> stunt, like the massive attack thing. Um, Mark Cooper saying that he would rather go up playing football his way than our ugly way. Dale Vince saying that League Two would be a breeze building a wooden stadium when, you know, they're flying in because it's carbon neutral that they're flying. I'm not even going there. Do you know what I mean? I don't like Forest Green. They epitomise everything wrong with football. And yet I actually have respect for their, for their veganism and their carbon neutral. It's just, it's a sham. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not a sham. It's like a criminal on the FBI's most wanted list, um, holding a party for the children, uh, the starving children in his in his village. Do you know what I mean? And it, it it's all a sham. What what lurks behind the facade, um, is is not what it seems to be. I also got blocked. You remember that Layla woman? She came down on the day that we uh, we won the title in League Two, I think. Layla loves she's a presenter for Sky Sports she actually blocked me because I called her out and she did an article on Forest Green and I'm not one for calling people out online should we continue you've got me started I don't know why you why have we mentioned Forest Green it wasn't in the plan (laughs) I mean I I will I will ask you later about something that you said there because there's one story there that I absolutely have no idea about and I'm really intrigued because I like Um, Massive Attack, uh, creative director, the guy from Massive Attack that they some people think is Banksy has been appointed as the creative director of Forest Green. Oh, for what? Yeah, I know. Pete said the same thing. I've ruined Massive Attack for him now. Oh, man. You could just put the word, you may as well just call him Massive Wank Attack now. That's how I used to spend my Sunday. Um, anyway, <laughs> Tricky was always better. Yeah. If, you, if you're looking for the trip hop from the Bristol area, Tricky and Porter said, "Massive attack of frauds." <laughs> 
wow that i think that if, if we were doing quotes from the podcasters podcast titles then that would be the uh that'll be the podcast title just to get people clicking on it they used um, to call me tricky kid i lived the life i wish they did i went the life of superstar or something and now they call me superstar tricky okay. kid what a great right. thing let's let's talk about doncaster <laughs> yeah i went there on the south yorkshire smells a little bit of cabbage in places <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously, you know, we, we're coming into the Doncaster game. They've had, uh, well, mixed run of form, I think is probably fair to say. Um, I think they've only drawn once, but they've not, you know, they, they've lost a few. And it, it's, I think this is a difficult one to predict. I mean, the thing is, you look at some of the results, they obviously lost 2-1 to Crew, and we've just essentially pasted Crew for 90 minutes. Um They've beaten Ipswich quite comprehensively, and you know we we probably were fortunate to take three points against Ipswich on the balance of it. Um, you know, in terms of taking chances, how do you see it going? I'm I'm really I can't call this one at the minute. Uh, well, first of all, thanks to Doncaster for having a player whose name I can't pronounce. And I know that goes for nearly every team in League One. Um, <laughs> but they've got Fajiri Okana Bahiri. Um, anyway, he came from Shrewsbury. He's quite a quick striker, but I've never I been there. I think if we put that over a beat, then we might be able to have something oh. that would rival massive attack. Yeah, or tricky. You could put my tricky bit over. I really liked Black Steel by Tricky. Maxine Key was the album. It was named after his mum. Uh, anyway, um, Doncaster. Yeah, get my contract, Gary. Uh, so 4-2-3-1. Um, good side when they are all fit, um, but they are not all fit at the moment. Uh, they've got Rayhan Tullock on loan from West Brom, who's quality footballer. He's back at West Brom carrying an injury. They've got Ty Reese john Jules on loan mm-hmm. uh, from Arsenal. He's back at Arsenal nursing an injury. They've got Taylor Richards, who young kid went from Man City to Brighton for two and a half million. Um, he's been decent for them until he picked up an injury. They're not sure if he's going to be back for this weekend. Uh, you did a little bit of research and learned one of their players, so I don't want to take that from you. Uh, what was the player's name that you did the research for, Ben? Oh, you've forgotten it, haven't you? Get fucked, Gary. Have you forgotten um, it? No, it was Magic Gomez. It was Magic Gomez. And what's Magic Gomez's background? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, he started out at Leeds. <laughs> uh, you can't see me. You, you're being horrible again. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, he started out at Leeds. I mean, he was player of the month in September. He scored four goals in five games. Uh, really good player. He's potentially injured. Look, this is really interesting because Doncaster are struggling quite a bit with injuries. They play a 4-2-3-1. And a lot of that, as we know when we've seen it, a lot of that is based on pacey attack, isn't it? You've got to have players playing in the uh, attacking three behind the striker that are willing to really get the running in, put stamina uh, and this weekend at what is the number 10 there, James Coppinger starting there, who I think, uh, I think is the UK's oldest man. Um, he's literally, he's been <laughs> playing football. I, I genuinely, he came up through the youth ranks, I believe, um, with Nat Lofthouse. Um, he's a veteran. He's a good footballer. And, um, you know, it's joking aside, he's like, probably like Jamie Forrester was for us, but with mm. a little bit, you know, a little bit less impact maybe than that. 
Um, they've got Reese James on one flank as well, who I quite like. They've been playing the boy Okanabibi, or whatever his name is, um, up top, who is all right, but he was pulled up no strings for Shrewsbury last year. Um, a lot of their ability or a lot of their um, good form has come from the double sixes, you know, where we had O'Connor and Morrell last season. Um, they've got Matt Smith, who's on loan from Manchester City, I think he's a Wales international, but particularly they've got Ben Whiteman. Ben Whiteman is a huge, huge player for them, um, reportedly worth well over one million teams looking at him, potential to move on and do much better things. So that's going to be interesting. They do have an ex-imp in the centre of defence as well. Uh, in Tom Anderson, who was on loan very briefly with us from Berry, uh, not Berry, from uh, Burnley rather, um, back in the National League days. Um, don't think he played that many games for us. He's six foot one. When you look at the results, I think that those defeats that they've had, you, you picked up Crew. They lost to Plymouth on Tuesday night. Um, they've lost at Wigan. They're susceptible. But when they're on form, they're on form. Bristol Rovers 4-1, we struggled. Ipswich 4-1, arguably we struggled a little bit. Charlton 3-1. When they hit form, they are good. But when you look at who they've scored, Gomez and Tyrese John Jules, for instance, against Charlton, both of whom may not play uh, against Bristol Rovers. Again, Major Gomez, Taylor Richards, two players who may not play uh, this weekend. So, yeah, could be an interesting one. With Doncaster, it's a little bit like um, a fortune cookie, I suppose. You never know quite what you're going to get um, and, and, until the game opens up. Uh, so, yeah, it could be interesting. What I would say is they've made great use of the loan market. So, uh, you know, we've talked about Matt Smith, we've talked about Dyrese John Jules, Rayhan Tullock. Uh, they've got a lad called uh, Josh Sims as well, who's on loan from Southampton. Interestingly, set up the only goal that beat Portsmouth 1 0. So he was popular um, in the red half of the South West Coast that night. But if you get loan players in, it's not just enough to get the names. And I think I'm certainly guilty of it. You sometimes look at a player going to a club and think, that's a great signing for them. But he's only as good as the manager. Um, this is going to sound very controversial. Not controversial in in when in my room one oh one style, which we'll talk about later. But I think that Doncaster have got the poor man's West Brom coach, and we got the good one. Um, they've got Darren Moore, hugely respected man. Doncaster fans listening to this, I'm sure, will be fuming with me. Hmm. I question Darren Moore's ability. Um, to coach a team to success long term. I think Michael Appleton's the better coach. I think Michael Appleton makes better use of the talented youngsters. Um, I might be proven wrong. I actually think this game is one that we should take at least a point from. Fair. I mean, I, I yeah, as I say, I, it was it's a difficult one for, you know, to, going off the form. I, I'll be honest, I haven't really seen anything of Doncaster other than, you know, the, the form tables and the, the, the formations and, you know, but I've not really seen any of the, the footage from, so I'm not entirely sure how they're playing at the moment. But it, yeah, it, it just sounds like it's, I, I would be happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take a point most games at the minute, but we seem to be walking away with three for a lot of them. Um but yeah, I think you you know from what you've said there, it sounds sounds pretty spot on to be honest. So uh, it'll be an interesting game. They do try and play football the right way. I'll give Darren Moore his, his due there. Um, he was manager of West Brom. I thought, uh, you know, I used to write quite a bit about the championship and 
West Brom fans weren't exactly over the moon with him, um, and he, he was eventually sacked a little harshly, to be fair. Um, mm. But I think it was it was you know he had a habit at West Brom of bringing in old players um, on short term contracts, and didn't seem to have that kind of forward thinking ethos. I thought they'd be doing much much worse this season than they are at the moment. Um, I mean they're not pulling up trees as such and the last two results have been huge blows for them I think they're they're still ninth um but you know they're, they're nine points or so behind us already so um but they're the only team who've scored double figures at home um so they've scored 10 goals at home which is really interesting I think um so if anybody's going to score past us it should be us uh, should be them rather but you know we shall see we shall see there we go. So, um, right. Well, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, moving away from that, um, we have, uh, you know, we're on podcast 101. So uh, we put a call out to uh, to people to give us some stuff for Room 101, a Lincoln City Room 101. Um, Did we ought to explain where uh, Room 101 comes from? Um. I mean, I'd hope people would would get it, but obviously, um, you know, the the, um, the the history behind Room 101 uh, in 1984, the book, um, not the year. There's a room where you can send things that you don't like, and they disappear forever. Is the is the simple version? Um, and then they did a TV show based on it, which I think had Paul Merton to start with. Did was yeah, yeah. And now it's got Frank Skinner doing it, so. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? And it, it was 1984. I thought it was that they, they attempted to um, put prisoners in there or something and, and subjected them to their worst nightmare or yes, phobia, so, yeah, wasn't uh, it? Yes, I think that's right. Yes, um, sorry, I'm, I'm oh, confusing yeah. the two. But then obviously it's been kind of yeah. moved on from there. But it was 1984. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Were you, were you were you secretly hoping that I'd go straight to the TV show so you could be a bit uh, condescending towards me again? I wasn't hoping I would be condescending. I hope you go straight to the TV show. So I sounded um, like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I was actually, Ben, do you know what? I was incredibly impressed um, by you knowing what uh, Room 101 was. Oh, thank you. And that yeah. was on the back of something the other week where you said that you didn't know something was based on something else on the internet. I can't remember what it was now. I was going to um, mention it in the podcast. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it was um, the uh, I Tell Me Why I Don't Like Mondays. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. so but there we go. I've made myself look like a prat there. Anyway. Well, no, you haven't. You don't. You don't have a, a, a an innate knowledge of people who shoot at children with a rifle. So probably you're the winner here, not me. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that's an incredibly dark subject to start laughing about. But indeed, <laughs> this is this is our podcast. What more would you expect? Do you know yeah. what? I just quickly, I've done podcasts with other people over the last few weeks. You know, like Crew, Bristol Rovers, and they are all so very professional. And then I kind <laughs> of, I, I think back to ours. <laughs> it's like I, I'm thinking, I can't imagine these people uh, talking about um, their, their PE teachers' pubic hair in swimming <laughs> lessons. <laughs> Do you know what? I just, don't happen <laughs> that's what makes us so unique so no, anyway it's not just that but yes it's so <laughs> i feel like this podcast is going off a little bit i think it's because it's eight o'clock and not five o'clock i've eaten and had my pepsi i'm packed full of e-numbers <laughs> sorry um, room 101 <laughs> yes so what we'll do 
is we'll start off and um, we've got two each. So I'll start off with one. Uh, Gaz will start off with one. And then um, we've got some suggestions from listeners. And uh, at the end, we'll do our second ones. Um, and then we'll decide which ones will be cast off into room 101. So um, I will start off with um, the big, you know, the, the big one at the minute. And it's fairly obvious. But I think room 101 if I could put anything there at the minute, it would be COVID because it's just broken everything. Um, we can't have fun. We can't go to football matches. People are, you know, football matches are getting cancelled. Um, people are getting ill. I know several people at the moment that are, that are ill with it and it's not, you know, it's not great for them. Um, it's causing divisions among friendships. You know, some people are, are on, you know, in the anti-mask brigade, and some people are saying, "Look, just, just go along with it for the minute. Just try not to be a dick about things." And it's just, it's just cocked everything up. So I'd really like to put that in there um, to start with. Uh, what, what's your first one for Room One Hundred One, Gaz? My first one for Room One Hundred One. Are we deciding on each other's? Are we? And we're just accepting the readers' ones? Because if I'm gonna. If I, I'm I mean, make... I've, I've got some, I have some opinions on one of the ones that's coming up. So cool. um, I'm going to put in room 101, Drew Broughton. Now, I know oh. now I've suddenly got Jack Mulhall's attention again, which is great <laughs> news. Um, but I'm not going to put Drew Broughton in because he was rubbish. Uh, because if I was going to put Drew Broughton in for being rubbish, uh, I would put in Ben Hutchinson, Trevor Hebbard, Ian Hamilton, Kingsley Black, Gomez Darley, Paul Robson. You know, they would keep going in. And Room 101 eventually would have to be Planet 101. There'd be so many in there. <laughs> I'm putting Drew Broughton in, and this is going to be controversial, I know, because of what happened afterwards. Because yeah. Drew was rubbish for Lincoln. And he was suffering from um, mental health problems, he says at the time. I understand that. Okay, It doesn't make a difference. You were still rubbish for Lincoln. Uh, I was crap when I worked for timber stair manufacturers and I was suffering from mental health problems at the time. But it doesn't mean I could go back to timber stair manufacturers and say you don't have a right to criticise me because I was suffering at the time. I was still crap and that still impacted that company. Drew was still crap. And that impacted what he did for us. Massive respect for what he's doing now. He's, he's working with uh, footballers, I believe. He's working you know, as, as a positive mental health coach and a positivity coach. I buy all of that. Drew, you were still shit for Lincoln, mate. And so I'm going to put you in room 101 for that reason and that reason only. Keep up the good work. Just do it from room 101. <laughs> there we go, you see. I mean, like... I, I think you know I agree with you to 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 a point with what you said. I think that we've had this discussion you know privately away from away from the podcast and away from other things, and it's it's when it's kind of used you know mental health issues something that we both have first hand experience with. I don't think that's a secret, and I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. But it's when it's kind of used to hand wave away other things that you know you can kind of make a um, make it an excuse and when it's used as an excuse or when it's used as a, a kind of a, a get out clause that's the that's when i don't like it i mean i would never belittle anybody that has mental health issues because i've been there and you know to some extent i still am there but 
it's when saying, oh, well, you know, I've done, I've, I've not done that because uh, I've, 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 I'm depressed or I've got depression. It's like, okay, well, you know, that may be the case, but like you say, it still had an impact on something at that point. So I, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying um, that he's using uh, as an excuse because it's, it's, it's valid. I was crap at Timberstone manufacturers because of what happened. And I was subsequently, you know, not great to people around the same time as well. It doesn't change it though. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of, rather than trying to hide behind, not hide behind these things, but rather than using it as a deflection, kind of admit and engage. Yeah. And I saw Drew, to be honest, it's actually Jack Mulhall, who does, he doesn't realise that's who sparked it, because it kicked off a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jack and, and Drew had a bit of a pop at Jack online, and I, I, I didn't jump in because of the inadvertent commas profile that I have around the positive work of mental health, which, I, you know, as you know, I don't want to kind of sully that at all. But I do have strong opinions that, over time, I believe that in some instances, and I'm not saying it is definitely with Drew, but in some instances, it can be used as a, a shield sometimes. Yeah. From, you know, I, I've, I've heard anecdotal evidence of it kind of coming from, from schools and things where people, you know, kids will say, well, I'm feeling a bit blue today, so I'm not coming in. That's not mental health problems. That's feeling a bit blue. We all get like that. We all wake up in a shit mood. It's usually called Monday. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and maybe maybe my room 101 entry is a little bit wider i don't know but there are people with genuine problems who do not hide away from the things that they've done and it's important to move on as a person if you admit the things that you know if you were crap admit you were crap say yes i was suffering at the time but i was shit wasn't i let's all have a smile and a laugh about it now how i didn't score for you and fucked off to wimbledon on loan and help them replace you in the football league <laughs> Not better though. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, th- that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at. But you've put it in a much better way. Um, so we have some suggestions from fans. Um, the first one comes from Lewis, um, who has this. Hi guys. So I would like to put into room one hundred and one wearing away shorts with home shirts. We've done this on a few occasions, and I really don't understand it. We literally have a third kit and an away kit, so I don't know why we have to wear our red shirt and our white and green shorts away. This doesn't make sense, and it really bothers me. So I think we should put that into room 101. Uh, So Lewis suggests home shirts with away shorts. Uh, What do you think, Gaz? I'm with him. Yep. I'm with him on it. A kit clash isn't shorts. Do you know what you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, you, your full kit's your full kit. When you start mixing and matching it, you look like the poor kid in PE. I'm not buying that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you on that. I think um, home shirts, away shorts, definitely uh, goes into room 101. Um, Although that. Can I just say, yep. uh, Pete, who I mentioned quite a lot, he actually thinks that we should play in the red shirt and white shorts, not black shorts. No, red red and white shirt, black shorts. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's always been the way. Yeah. Um, but of our two, so do you think, does mine go into room 101? COVID? Yeah. Uh, if it's in there, we can shut the door and I won't catch it, so sooner we get fans in the better i think it's the most obvious entry into room 101 that has ever been um well yeah ever. but you know I, I don't think i don't think you expect surprises from me at this point do you no. um and uh yeah I'll, you know for the reasons that you have suggested i will allow drew broughton to be put into room 101 um okay next up we have the voice of lincoln city with this one i would put into room 101 the transfer deadline day 
and those ridiculous grainy pictures a month before of people leaving Rome Airport who may or may not be signing for Manchester United. Simple. So Alan Long there suggesting that transfer deadline day goes into room 101. Um, thoughts on this one, guys? Because I, I, I don't know if it's the full, like, the transfer window or if it's just the the hype around deadline day or the concept of deadline day. But I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with Al on this one. Yeah, we might be split then because I'm not. I am with him on the whole the pomp, the Sky Sports doing yes ties. I mean, this last deadline day they had a 24 hour show or whatever, and my old man had it on, and there was like four transfers, and they sat around talking about things that might happen. That's that's not telly. We don't even do that um, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so. I am with him on the ceremony. I do, however, like the fact that you can't transfer during the season. Uh, and from a content provider point of view, um, certainly on sites like the Real AFL, deadline day is an absolute dream um, because transferred news sells. Um, yes. However, I'm going to turn straight around and say it can go into room 101 because if there was no transfer deadline, then we could write crap rumours uh, 12 months of a year. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think in terms of it being like you say this this event, you know, that people sit and watch. I think um, that would be you know that would be the easily get into room one one. Although it is responsible for one of my favourite jokes from Jason Manford, where he's talking about um, when Man City got bought out years and years ago, um, and he snuck downstairs to put Babe Station on the telly, and uh, he you know he was watching it, and then his wife came down and saw him, so he flicked it back over to Sky Sports News. And he says, oh, I'm just watching Sky Sports. And she says, well, why have you got an erection? He says, oh, we've, we've just signed Robinho. Um, so, well, yeah. <laughs> what was that noise? Was that was, you trying not to laugh? No, it was me realising you'd made a joke and trying to force a laugh. Oh. I felt good for a second <laughs> then, Gav. I was stifling a laugh then. Oh, dear. Um, okay, you're not so, going to put me in room 101, are you? <laughs> you know what? I think I might be changing stuff. Um, okay, uh, next up, we've got this from Cornell. It's a Lincoln thing. It's a Lincoln thing. It's a Lincoln thing. On a massive baseline. It's a, a Lincoln thing. Cornell here. Yep. Um, next is a question. Oh, sorry, a question. A suggestion to go into Room 101 uh, from Lucas. So the Lincoln City Room 101 entry for me has got to be the badge. I said it. It's horrible. I hate it. I've always disliked this imp badge. It's not grown on me. I much preferred the old shield emblem with the yellow imp with the writing, the imps through it. I think it definitely needs a, a spruce up and a little bit of um, modernising because it just looks archaic. So Lucas thinks we get the badge in room 101, Gaz. Um, I can't buy that. 
I can't buy that. I know that, that art is subjective and a badge is a drawing and it's essentially art, but I, I like the current badge. I like it more than the one that um, had the fleur de lis on it that I got tattooed on my arm and then stuck with forever. Um, I, I prefer this badge. So I, I can't I can't go without Lucas. Thanks for listening, mate, but I, I can't put it in Room 101. I think I'm in the same boat. And I mean, I say that as, you know, he's, he's said the right things on that, uh, you know, on that, on that audio because I have that imp with the imps written across it on my arm, um, you know, and that that is the that is the imp for me when somebody says, oh, you know, draw the draw an imp. It, it's that one because it's iconic. It's the one that's on the, the the gates into the ground, and I would absolutely love to see that one, you know, make a comeback. But you kind of can't put the badge into, you know, you can't get rid of the badge. It, I mean, yes, it would change, but I. It's, there's just something nice about it like you know it, it's 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 our badge it's our club it's our, the identity so it's sadly like burning, it's like burning the english flag because you don't like red and white yes you don't yeah, burn I, it yeah I, I can't i can't see i can't put it into room 101 sorry lucas um but yeah sorry about that right and the final uh the final listener suggestion uh is from kate jackson so here we are Hi, Gary and Ben. I hope that you are both well um, and enjoying your next podcast. Uh, so, yes, for Room 101, I would like to consign Car Shelton Athletic, if possible, please. Um, so a bit of backstory for those who aren't aware. In 2011-12, our first season, season back in the conference after 23 years, I want to say, um, we basically got into the FA Trophy. Uh, and beat Colwyn Bay quite convincingly in the first round before then drawing Carl Shelton and everyone was really confident. I think I even said on my own website, we're in danger of going on a cup run. Um, and they themselves were getting really excited about it. They were organising a day trip which involved looking around the city and it was all it was all really bizarre. I think it's like similar to when, like say, non-league team goes to Premier League teams. It's like everyone's sort of like really excited. Anyway, um, then reality sort of set in for Lincoln fans when we really struggled to just even get a draw against them at Central Bank, taking them taking us back to their stadium the following Wednesday, I believe. Um, and about 25, 30 Lincoln fans turned up and watched a team full of fringe players and low knees that have since actually gone on to play in the championship such as matt pearson um fall apart like a deck of cards and were torn a new one by a team that i believe were three divisions below us at the time um they deserved to be as convincingly we were lucky to even get the one and the only good thing to come out of that situation was now when any when something bad happens uh, on the pitch at the club everyone just like well it could be worse it could be car shelton again so in that sense it's good but as someone who was there on that night it was just it was so depressing um so yeah that's yeah and there we go uh kate suggesting that car shelton go into uh, room 101 now Carshalton is is a, a word that that kind of triggers almost um, uh, well, what's the you know it triggers ticks in people doesn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm having ticks now uh, are you going to put it in room 101 though Ben uh, well I I'm fairly certain that you're not going to put it in room 101 to you're be uh, to be contrary um, but I would potentially 
I, I would potentially say yes, just for the fact that it's, you know, it's kind of that low, it's that low point. It's that low moment in the club's history. Um, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't enamoured with football at the time. And, um, you know, even I saw that result and just went, oh, bloody hell, what's happening there? Um, but I'm guessing, and this is just me being, you know, speculative, I'm guessing that you're going to say no because it gives us that bottom level. It gives us that bottom point to spring back from. <laughs> Maybe familiarity is um, creeping into you and I <laughs> because you are damn right. A very good friend of mine. He's not a Lincoln City fan. He won't listen. So there's no point in me giving him a shout out. I'd once had a bad day. And I remember being over at his, he's got converted Methodist chapel. I remember sitting there having a cup of tea, moaning about all the time I'd had. And he just looked me in the eye and he says, Gaz, shut up moaning. And I was like, what do you mean, Fish? And he went, shut up moaning. He goes, if you don't have bad days, how do you know what good days are? Mm-hmm. And I always think, if you don't have bad results, how do you know to enjoy the good ones? If all of life was good results, they wouldn't be good results. They'd just be results. Um, you have to have an anchor. You have to have a nadir. You have to have a point that you can look back on and go, that was bloody awful. But i tell you something, if it was that awful, we wouldn't even know about it because we would have stopped supporting Lincoln City. So I understand why uh, Kate wants to put it in. I understand why you're second in it. But I am stood at the door 101 with a great big sign that says do not enter because you have to know bad days from good. And I think, you know, ultimately, I think I will probably side with you on it and say that it's not going to go in because I, I do agree with you. And I think I know that whilst it's nice to get rid of that low point, it kind of shapes what you become. Um, and that's, you know, without getting too deep and meaningful, that's also true with life. But (laughs) sorry, you just reminded me of a scene in Alan Partridge. And I can't remember what he's talking about. He's like talking to a TV executive and he's saying how something's rubbish. And the guy goes, I like that. And Alan Partridge goes, I'm going to surprise you now. I like it too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I like wine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, it's I I kind of saw it come in. Um, And, you know, for the most part, I would probably agree with you. But I just I. I just wanted to be a bit contrarian, but there we go. Um, foot like a traction engine. <laughs> Eat my goal. That's liquid football. <laughs> I showed Rach that. Rach hates Alan Partridge with a passion. Uh, but she I hates her Alan that. Partridge with a passion. Yeah. yeah, I showed her that, and she actually, you know, it raised a slight smirk. Um, Lynn, Lynn, I'm not driving a mini metro. I'm not driving my a foot on a spy. <laughs> Anyway, my cheese. <laughs> so uh, we've got we've got our last two. Um, it's all gone mate tonight, Alan. <laughs> 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 Completely gone off kilter. Uh, yeah, it's our final two. Oh, man, uh, we should we should do a Lincoln City casting of of Alan Partridge characters. I mean, obviously, you know, Bubs will be uh, Bubs will be Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, oh. No, sorry, I'm just going off on one. Yes, your last. Damn. Damn. <laughs> your last suggestion, Kaz. Damn. Damn. No, you can't see me. Damn. Um, <laughs> my last suggestion. Well, I, I, to be honest, a minute ago, I thought of one. Um, I've actually got two, I'm afraid, because I've got the brilliant one that I know will definitely go in. And then I've got another one that I've thought of while we're on air. So is that all right? Yeah, go on then. Why not? People standing at the front of the upper co-op at the end of the game, applauding the fans when other people want to leave. Okay. 
I get that you want to show your appreciation for the fans. I get that. Okay. Here's a way to do it. Stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. Stood up. If people want to leave, let them pass. Applaud from there. Because as they get down to the bottom, it's all right that 20 people have got down at the barrier and are applauding. It means there's a thousand people up behind you who are pushing, shoving, jostling. I end up climbing over seats. I get told off by the stewards. You can take 10 minutes to get out of the ground when all you have to do is stay put. I believe it's a problem that will be rectified because I think that the, the stewarding is going to be very different next year. Um, I think it's a private contracted company. I think it will be harsher. But, you know, people can help themselves. And that goes for before the game as well. Don't stand there before the game. If you go into your ground, you've got a seat number. Go there. Stand there. If you want to talk to your friends, have them up. Stand around. Some people don't come in. Do not stand in the walkways where there's a yellow hatching. There's yellow hatching for a reason. Do as you're told. Like, I uh, I think I've just fallen in love with you a little bit there, Gaz. Um, it is something that has annoyed us or annoyed me since I think probably episode one of the podcast where I've talked about it. But yes, they, you know, don't just get in room 101, get in the bin because just it, it winds me up to an unnaturally high level. Um, so undeniably that goes into room 101. Uh, what's your second one? Or do you want me to do mine? And yeah, then you, you do, do yours first, because I've just temporarily forgotten it again. I'll, I'll have okay. to write it down whenever I get it, remember. <laughs> okay. Um, mine is is a person, it is one name, and anybody that was following the imps around the time that it happened will immediately understand why, and it's George Kane. Um, now, for those that weren't, or for those that have forgotten if how you could forget this, I don't know, George Kane was the referee um, against, well, for when we played Huddersfield away at the McAlpine. Um, ball came over the top. I think it was Effie Sodji, Effie Sodji, or however you pronounced his name. Um, he f- basically uh, flicked a ball on that was hoofed up from, well, I think near enough the edge of the 18-yard box. Um, Sodji went up with Morgan. It got flicked on, and Pavel Abbott was... I mean, well, he, he was in our 18-yard box on his own with Marriott, basically, when the ball was played. Um, the back four were essentially level with the edge of the centre circle. Um, he got the ball. He kind of, you know, half arsed kicked it into the back of the net. So, oh, well, I'm offside. You know, it's fine. I'll probably get a yellow card for kicking it away. And George Kane gave the goal. Um there are a couple of clips on YouTube of it uh, if you haven't seen it, but I would probably advise looking at it because, I mean, you know, with enough distance, it's it's fine. But um, at the time, I remember hearing about it on the radio and then trying to make sense of what was being said. And I think at the time, Michael Horton actually emailed me back at the end of the game and said, honestly, just wait until you see the highlights because this was ridiculous. Um, and it's just stuck in my mind ever since. And I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, it just it winds me up. It really winds me up. And it was something that uh, that kind of stuck. Uh, I know in, in Jacko's mind as well, because Jacko came to see um, my family shortly before, you know, bit of a, an unfortunate event. And he was, you know, he mentioned it. He said, oh, as long as you don't mention bloody Pavel Abbott, I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, George Kane, get in. I am going to agree with you, I think. Um, 
I don't usually take a lot out of referees unless it's Stockbridge um, <laughs> or that other the clown and um, Hoxtable. Um, but it was a woeful decision. Had we drawn that game, which we would have done, we would have avoided Huddersfield in the semi-finals and played an infinitely weaker. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Mansfield and Northampton. I think mm-hmm. um, more than likely have got through to a final against Huddersfield and then lost there instead. Um, <laughs> but it would have been three final appearances in a row. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It was the best Lincoln City side of a generation um, up until recently. You know, with with Bailey at full one full back, Kevin Ellison was on loan at the other full back. I think we had all three of the. We maybe didn't have McCoy poorly but we certainly had you know McComb and um and, and Morgan Paul Morgan and yeah it was just a phenomenal Lincoln City side um in in great form uh so George and it was an awful decision I remember Dave Besson was on a, a show taking the mick out of it not long after um, and it will haunt us forever almost as much and I'm going to go back before your time as Gary Willard he could also go in room 101 um because we were into injury time against Crystal Palace, who were then a Premier League side, I believe, in the uh, in the Coca-Cola Cup. We'd won 1-0 at our place. It was 0-0 at their place. And he played seven minutes injury time. And this is before the board can go up, before there was any guidance. He just basically get, kept playing until they scored. And then they won 3-0. And I cried. Um, but yeah, George Kane. So the final one, and it might be a little bit of an anti-climax. Um, I would like to put fake memorabilia sellers into room 101. Look, we saw a lot of this around the FA Cup, um, but the people that stand just outside Sinsel Bank, so they can't be moved on, uh, selling tacky, tacky flags and scarves that people then buy uh, instead of buying the slightly overinflated um, priced uh, club shop items um, because they think that they're getting a better deal. And it also kind of goes on to all the fake you know, instead of paying for iFollow, you get a fire stick. Yeah, instead of buying a club scarf, you get a half and half scarf from a bloke who's smoking roll-ups outside the ground. Instead of getting an official club pin badge, you get a badge from somebody called Dave's Badges on the internet that are all the same thing. And then you get it and you go, oh, look, these are nice. They're not nice. They're trading on the club's success and image. Um, And, you know, like, Whenever I've tried to do uh, books or anything like that, I've always kind of done something towards the club as well, even though they're my words. These people are literally just taking club colours, club badges and ripping it off. Some of our own fans were even doing it around the National League um, season, selling bits and bobs. Uh, I'll not say exactly what, because then that will call out the fan. And I don't want to fall out with anyone, but I just think you're taking money out of the club's pocket. At the time, somebody working at the club was taking money out of the club's pocket. So it was going all ends up anyway. Mm. Um, but I think the club are a lot tighter now on it, which is good. And so they should be. And so they should continue to be. And it's not them being stingy. It's not them ruining fun. It's them protecting their image. If you were an artist and you drew a picture and then Bob from down the pub started selling copies of the picture but with bob's picture written on the bottom for half yeah. the price you would kick off um and it yeah it annoys me they stand in lincoln high street do you support the imps yes mate you don't i'll cough back to essex and i'll go and buy some stuff from the club shop winds <laughs> me right up and then at the end of the day right they're selling you your scarf for a tenner a pot before and then after the game you're walking out and they're going scarves down to two quid and you just think Hang on, little Jimmy over there, little Timmy, but spent 10 quid of his pocket money on your scarf and you're telling me that it's not even worth two quid? You robbing bastard. (laughs) See also the guys that stand outside gigs doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I don't go to gigs. 
just well no nobody does at the minute guys we're in the middle of a pandemic um you know the last three gigs i've seen i think we're all the same band the same person <laughs> it's probably about right but yes fake memorabilia sellers get in room 101 because yeah like you say there was another thing in there that you touched on that i was almost tempted to put into room yeah. 101 but i think uh I, I, I cannot be asked with the fallout on social media because i'm a very busy man at the moment having um, said that in my um you know, I'm gonna surprise you now. I like wine moment. Um, <laughs> I actually bought the 1982-83 replica shirt from that country, company in Vietnam that took a month, uh, a year and a half, I think it was, to send it out. Uh, and I wore it on our live podcast, and that was fake memorabilia. So yes, I am a hypocrite as well as a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, right. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about before we wrap up for the week? Uh, I believe Chris uh, Chris Ray's Imp Tunes have been signed and they are still yes. on sale at the last check. The full set was going for 200 quid, which kind of trumps my £10 bid, um, <laughs> unfortunately. And I've also heard that the players are now aware of them as well. Look, wonderful, wonderful stuff from Chris. Um, hats off to him for that. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, he's putting his talents to good use rather than swearing on a recording every week. <laughs> I mean, he did put his talents to excellent use and, you know, and uh, sort of drawers swearing on a recording every week. Was... Well, I'm actually thinking of photoshopping Charlie out of that, putting Charlie into the special bespoke one that he did for my bar and sending it out as a Christmas card to all my family. Oh, bless. But I'm worried that Chris <laughs> might make me pay for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe I'll just write Gary's drawing underneath and then it'll all be all right, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, just make some shit photocopies of it and start selling yeah. it for a fiver outside the ground. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think people buy a cartoon of me and my dog. <laughs> no, that's fair, actually. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would I would just like to plug um, the, the gaming website because at the minute that has been my life for the past week. Um, uh, it's I, I think I described this to Gaz before starting the podcast as the biggest first world problem in the world. Um, but I am currently trying to scramble for time to uh, to get playing on the PS5. Uh, we got sent one for nextgenbase.com, youtube.com slash nextgenbase. Go and look at it. It's pretty and it's big. And I did a thing on the, one of the games that I can play and I can talk about it more soon. But yeah, I'm tired. That'll do. And I'm waiting for Gaz to come back with something because he probably will do. No, yeah, fair play oh. to you. I'm not going to come back. You put a lot of work into next gen base. Why would I ever go at that? I don't know. Absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's as I say, it, it's currently, it, you know, we're getting up to, to next gen time. It is uh, 19th of November is the PS5 release date. Uh, Sony. You know what else 19th of November is? Uh, no, I'm kind Have of guess. focusing. Have a guess. Is it your birthday, Gaz? Well done. It is my birthday. And Thank do you know what I want from my favourite podcast co-host? You're not having my PS5. Okay, my only podcast co-host. <laughs> You're still my not former, having my PS5. <laughs> my former podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and then um, I think we are we are potentially um, looking at some other hardware as well. Oh, exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's just crazy busy. And I would really appreciate any support for anybody that has even the slightest inkling of uh, interest in gaming, because, um, like I said, it's a hell of a lot of work and uh, I'm just very tired. 
so so tired but that's gone for an hour now i think it's probably a good spot to end the podcast um I think a good spot to end this podcast was about five minutes in, Ben. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the thing is, I enjoy these podcasts when we're just a bit irreverent and a bit, you know, loopy. I think they're good fun. And well, let's have a look at the listing figures and see. If yeah, we that's agree. fair. Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll, Although, we'll decide it's actually, it's actually not fair. It'd probably be fair to look at next week's listing figures because <laughs> people will listen to this and go, "What? The? I'm not listening to that again." So if we take a massive dip the week yeah. after, we know that that one was crap. Podcast 101, Podcast 100 was brilliant. Yeah, I've seen this for the first time. Let's. Oh, no, what is this? Is this what they do? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, we will see you next week. Take care and at the imps. Goodbye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.